Hi, I'm Dan Cottrell, editor of Rugby Coach Weekly. You're about to jump into one of our podcasts. If you want to find out more about this podcast and also all of the great content, drills, activities, games and advice on the website, then go over to www.rugbycoachweekly.net. I hope you enjoy the podcast. And that, that can create a, an element of psychological safety amongst a coaching group. If you're, if you're willing to reach out to other coaches and say, hey, you know I, mean? I, I, I need some help here. I need some advice here. Again, that can show that you're open and willing to, to change or shift or move ideas as well. Rugby Coach Weekly presents The Coaching Knife, where we cut to the root, cut out the fluff, and challenge the masters of their domain to cut to the chase. Welcome to The Coaching Knife, where we cut to the roots of the matter. In this episode, we speak to Johnny McMurtry, sports coaching researcher and part-time rugby coach blog writer, focusing on developing the right relationships as a coach. We're going to cut the roots on why connection is more important than as a coach. Johnny, are you ready for the knife? It's cut away. <laughs> right. What do you mean by connection? Connection is just asking the right questions at the right time. It's just understanding the person that's front of when it comes to a sports coaching context. It's it's understanding why they're there, what they're wanting to achieve or why they're wanting to be involved in the sport. So what, what, so I, just, I, sorry, I can see that's why that's important. But you've got, mm-hmm. let's say you've got a team of uh, in rugby 15 players. You're going to end up never uh, finishing a session because you've got to do what everyone wants. Absolutely. And that's, uh, well, that's, the nuance of uh, building a team at the end of the day, you're trying to get this blend of individuals and you're trying to push them or pull them in a certain direction. So understanding why they're involved in the sport, understanding what's important to them, what they're trying to achieve. Uh, I'm, I'm painting it with your brush of, of what's important within the sport or what's important to the collective goals. And, and just but can I just get back the right then? So, so we're understanding what, but do they understand themselves? Uh, do they really know what, why they're there? Uh, because that's quite a deep question and some mm. people will be able to quite clearly verbalize that others i'm i would think that they would not really want to answer the question absolutely and again that takes the the power of questioning the power of understanding the power of uh being willing to wait for an answer or or draw upon or start to pull on a thread you're, you're dead right you know i mean uh, we do a lot of coaching with our adolescents and and that is a particularly tough nut to crack they aren't forthcoming and you know what they're trying to achieve or or at least being open and honest about what's meaningful and important to them so it is i mean it's a long burn it's a tough it's a tough avenue to go down as well so so where do we start with that so it is a tough avenue but we need to start somewhere every journey starts with a single step what's our first step Mm -hmm. open-ended questioning it's so critically important as a coach it's i said give me an example of an open-ended question then how are you? What have you done today? I mean, what right. are you studying? What are you, what are you, what are you working on? How's your family life? I mean, mm-hmm. where have you come from today? It's just trying to open. Very important for open-ended questions. Very important for us as coaches to pause. Now, we as coaches love to have all the answers, but being a coach isn't about having all the answers. It's about asking the right questions. It's it's allowing them a space to answer. It's allowing them showing an element of vulnerability yourself, being yeah. open and honest, and and trying to to show that you're willing to share part of yourself to get something back as well. So Okay, well, um, so uh, let's, there's, two, sorry, there's two things in there then. I mean, how is quite a standard question, but I, I, I sense that 
where have you come from today is is probably easier to answer how are you going to weave in your vulnerability into that because you've asked them a question in a sense ask them to be vulnerable by saying information how are you going to weave that in your part your vulnerability well, again, it's where you come from today as an example, or how you could get, as you said, for 15 different players, you can get 15 different answers. And again, it's how, it's what way you want to go with it, isn't it, Dan? At the end of the day, it's not just, I mean, how you said from, from certainly adolescence, you'll get fine, good, you know what I mean? But then it's, <laughs> again, it's waiting and drawing upon that as well. Where it come from today, or, or what have you been working on today, or what's something new that, you know, I mean, you're happy to share with today? You should get 15 different answers. And again, you know, I mean, depending on, how, or depending on the closeness or, or even where they come from or, or what they're going through away from the sports field, as an example, you'll get 15 very, very different answers, you know I mean, in depth and, and dialogue. But again, it's, it's that willingness as a coach to actually pause and wait and, you know I mean, maybe draw upon some of the answers or, or maybe even lack of answers that we get. Again, it's really hard. As you said, we've got the biggest constraint for a coach is probably time. You know what I mean? It's just if we, if we pause and try to ask too much of this and, and maybe go down too far down a garden path or some of this, we'll never get anything taught or learned by any of the players. So it's just trying to find the right space, the right time to ask these questions as well. And again, coaching doesn't stop and end at the field. You know what I mean? We're, we're fortunate, unfortunate that we live in a digital age. At the end of the day, I'm sure there's multiple coaches listening that have WhatsApp groups. Uh, we can try and build narratives, share ideas. You know, we can build and work on these connections and relationships in the various different ways as well. So you said uh, build narratives. Now that's uh, an expression which is often used and it's, it's coaches will find it particularly powerful if they understand what that means and how that can be played through. So what, what does that mean for you and how, how can we develop that within our groups? Just understanding themes of the, the you know, players will use certain language or, or, or paint a certain picture of what's meaningful or important to them, what, what goes on away from the field. Uh, for me, narrative is just that continual dialogue or continual explanation that you get from them for certain reasons or certain decisions that they make. So for me, that, that narrative is what, what supports their actions. So again, we'll, we'll understand sort of a terminology or, or an understanding of why they pick or choose to go a certain way. Uh, and then that for me just you know, I mean that builds upon that allows us to understand why they made certain decisions or what motivates them or or why they're involved or choosing certain things both in and away from sport as an example so so this seems like a very important skill and clearly we we would probably agree that this is not something that's been concentrated on very hard I, I've asked you give me an example of an opening question so that starts the process where, where do you go to to create even better connections because we could ask 15 different questions to one player we could ask the same question to 15 different players what happens next what then allows us to create that better connection not just a not just the ability to listen that's a good question it's just the ability to draw upon it you know what i mean i get a lot so how do you train how do you train for that because some of us are very natural and obviously I'm interrupting, so I'm not listening to you, but <laughs> some of us are very good listeners and very empathetic naturally. That is, that's a, a natural thing for some, but most of us have to work at it. So what can we do to make us more effective at being listeners and better questioners? Well, geez, that's a really good question, isn't it? Look, again, for me, it's always just that the, the power of the pause at the end of the day, you know what I mean? Being like, not making sure these are open-ended questions, making sure we do give them a space where they can feel that they can share an answer. I, I said, 
active listening you know what i mean as i say if, if you're conscious or you're aware you're not engaging or not listening being open just saying well uh, you know what I mean? or maybe repeating some of what they say back to them as well just to try and reaffirm or concrete some of the statements they say and again we're not going to get it right as coaches as well if we've come i mean for the same space we're talking about as say a lot of the coaches would be part-time coaches and come from work come from a space where they you know, i mean things might be going on they might be tired might be frustrated being open and willing to say to you know, i mean some of your players or or, or some of the, the athletes you're trying to engage or, or converse with that, yeah, this, this is the space, this is where I'm at as well. So, so I guess showing that, again, that, that space of psychological safety, I mean, which has been talked about a lot recently, uh, uh, we got to fight past, we got to display that what we want to see from our athletes as well. If we want them to be open and share, we have to be willing to do it ourselves because that's when we'll get, I mean, a fair representation and a fair reflection of what they're actually thinking and what motivates them as well. So, uh, but it is hard, very hard. Yeah, so it is hard. So uh, active listening, I mean, I uh, there's some people who might feel, might be quite scared by someone who's actively listening. So how, how can we do that? Again, obviously it's nuanced. It does uh, does depend on the, the player, but there are, must be some, a couple of things where it are more effective at listening. I would even would just be fair to yourself as well. Like as you said, if, if no again like we're talking about active listening it is hard and trying to constantly engage or constantly trying to uh, pull some you know, conversation or, or build that narrative as we're saying just just start off with two or three questions it doesn't need to be a 15 20 minute conversation if, if the player in front of is open to that or willing to share a bit more that's great but again you know, we talk about some of the great coaches and, and uh, way and better always comes to mind where Shane Webke would say it would just be two or three minutes. He would just come out and ask, how's the wife, how's the kids? I remember this is going on. Again, drawing upon these ideas and, and the past conversations he's had. And, and you've got their engagement. You know, I mean, he's, Shane Webke would say, oh, he, he's got me in now. Uh, after that, he would talk technical, tactical. You know what I mean? The, the, what, what was important for the week ahead in, in regards to you know, being a professional player and whatever. But but again, it's that importance of drawing upon what's actually meaningful or what's going on or, or casting his mind back to certain you know, other things that were said in the past. So I guess just being fair to yourself as a coach, so what you're saying is just just baby steps. It doesn't need to be, I mean, 15, 20 minutes of conversation. It doesn't need to be some real heavy lifting. It just needs to be uh, meaningful, genuine, building on from you know, past conversations or, or previous weeks of training, as an example. So. Talked about psychological safety. Can you just tell me, tell me a bit more about what that means and, again, how we can uh, live that more effectively? Psychological safety I mean, it's obviously been important and certainly drawn upon in, uh, in a lot of sports over the past couple of years in particular. It's just it's creating a space where people can be open and honest, where people feel safe to speak up about certain things that could potentially... Okay, so so that, that's, what it, that's what it is, but what does it look like? So I'm... Uh, I'm arriving at training. I get out of my car. Uh, there are players around. How can I make make that uh, that space psychologically safe? Again, just for stepping out of the car as the coach. Again, like by the signs of things, you're running late. Possibly even throwing your hand up and saying, "Look, I'm a bit disorganized tonight. How about you know? Can you help me out? Can you help me organize something?" Or, or again, showing that you're. You know, I mean, by no means perfect. As, as I say, we, we try to have this perfect picture and try and show out there that we're, you know, I mean, exceptionally organized and, and things are being well run or whatever. But really, yeah, it's it's then being willing to go, well, actually, no, you know, I mean, I haven't I haven't got things all together. This is actually what's going on. Let's let's be you know, I mean, let's work collaboratively here and try and cobble together this training session so we can both get something out of it. So 
yeah, just something along those lines. Again, just again, being willing to show that do as a coach, do make mistakes, are vulnerable, are uh, you know, I mean, aren't perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but and you're willing to, you know, I mean, share that you know, amongst the group. Yeah. Well, that sounds quite scary, really, because uh, the, the, the 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 players have got to respect for mm-hmm. something, and if are vulnerable, you're making or showing up your mistakes all the time. Sometimes they're going to say, "Well, this person really doesn't isn't that well organized. I I don't really want to uh, go go with them because." <laughs> They're making mistakes all the time. Why should I listen to them? Isn't that the danger of being that vulnerable, that open? Absolutely. Particularly in age grade coaching where, yeah, you know, there's there's a, certainly a perception amongst coaches where you have to have things very well laid out. You can't show that you're doing mistakes because you know, the parents are sitting on the sideline and if it doesn't look like a good training session, then as I said, that, that sort of, that eats them up inside. So there's a lot of underage coaches or age grade coaches, certainly, as you said, that they don't, you know, I mean, they aren't willing to show that vulnerability. But yeah, as you said, I'm speaking with, certainly with older athletes as well, hopefully there's an element of, you know, I mean, understanding and compassion from them. As you said, if we are continuing to make these mistakes, then, you know, maybe possibly they could reach out, you know, I mean, or as a coach could reach out to the other coaches and just say, well, look, you know, I, I keep forgetting something or keep making these similar mistakes or whatever. And, and again, that that can create a, an element of psychological safety amongst the coaching group. If you're if you're willing to reach out to the other coaches and say, "Hey, you know, what I mean, I I need some help here. I need some advice here." Again, that can show that you're open and willing to, to change or shift or move ideas as well. So, so that could potentially what I'm scared help about here, example. though, sorry, Johnny, is uh, that within your group of players, some will find this very attractive as a coaching trait that they will then be able to uh, buy into a lot more. But others will just take a, take your weakness, so perceived weakness, and play on it and undermine. Especially if things aren't going right for them, they'll say, "Well, uh, Dan Dan's always late for training, or uh, he's never he's never organised." When it really is just that I was late once or twice, or I had to ask. So, how do you get over that? Because if you lose, say, influencers who are powerful mm-hmm. in the team, whether they should be powerful in the team or not then you're going to find it much harder. Isn't there a stage where you've just got to have a harder edge mm-hmm. to allow to deflect those naysayers? Yeah, absolutely. Look, and, and again, especially coming back to the age grade environment, which we coach a lot, and it is very prescribed. It is very rigid, whatever. You know, they are looking for patterns and, and, and things to be very prescribed and whatever. I guess that the, having those connections, having those relationships with the athletes, then being able and willing to delegate some of this as well. You know what I mean, just to try and you know, stretch or, or better use the resource that you've got. I understand what you're saying. You know, what I mean, there might be some players who, who challenge it and see it as a weakness, but I guess then it's it's having those conversations, being uh, being willing to speak to them. You know, as I say, see their challenge, understand it, actually talk it through, question it, and 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 again in a in a well, possibly in a, on a one-to-one, but as an open forum as well. Again, and just trying to explain that, look, I mean, things, I, I say, you know, people will expect things to run a certain way, but at the same time, you know, such is life where, you know, I mean, we, things can't always run smoothly. And, and even in the game, you know, in the structured game, uh, such as rugby union, there is stoppages, starts where things are, you know, I mean, should be fairly prescribed and easy to follow through. But it, it's so it's so very disjointed you know we could compare back to the game as an example of you know i mean well if things happen here as an example what to do or how would you react so so yeah i, I completely understand what you're saying and, and certainly with that 
love diffusion of innovation as an example. As you say, you're, you're, you know, I mean, you've got some naysayers who can really disrupt and, and, and take away the influence of, of, your, of your cohort or collective uh, environment that you're trying to set. But yeah, at the end of the day, sadly, you might, might have that wherever you go as well. Right. Okay, I'm going to take, it, take <laughs> it on the chin. And just to, just to sort of uh, say that a coach isn't going to go away and suddenly completely change their character after being probably maybe a little bit more gruff and uh, abrupt with the players, but then say, right, I need to have more connection. And suddenly the players mm. say, well, who the hell's this arrived? Uh, this is a completely per- different person to went on a Tuesday. They've actually asked me a question. It's obviously not an overnight change. It's baby steps. Mm. Can you just give a sort of a, sort of a, like a final top tip to uh, coaches to just make a small change in the way they are and what they're doing? Well, again, it's being open and honest about yourself as well. I say I don't want to completely change your character, change your art overnight as well, but it's being able to um, reflect and being willing to move in areas that you're willing to give up. You know, I mean, that part of delegation, so many coaches that we, you know, I, mean, I work with and I'm sure you talk to as well, just don't want to give up everything. They, they like this element of control as well. So I guess probably the first steps and stages is what parts of possibly a training session are you willing to give up to players or other coaches as an example and and then because you're going to have to you know, I mean talk about what elements of it or what you want from it as an example like you'll have I'm sure your coach is part of a group where there might be two three four coaches around and you all have to you know, I mean play your part as part of the coaching team but still that takes that conversation and that that point where again it comes back to that connection and making sure you're you all understand which direction you're trying to go so that takes that you know, I mean the coaching group or, or the coach I'm playing group and to play their part in, uh, on trying to build and work and work together for those collective goals. So, yeah. Okay, great. Thanks, Johnny. So Johnny runs the excellent blog. I mean, genuinely really, very good uh, blog, coachingthecoaches.net. Some fantastic articles to uh, jump into there across uh, lots of different areas. Uh, his philosophy, um, my passion is understanding people's motivation and assisting uh, and assisting them and the people they work with to achieve what they are striving to accomplish in sporting or working atmospheres. Previous experience, research and qualifications have given me both the skills and desire to understand why people, most notably sport participants, engage in certain actions while setting up frameworks, offering tools and being part of reflective practice to help all stakeholders in an athlete's journey through effective and engaging communication methods. I want to facilitate coaches and athletes alike becoming the best people as well as performers they can be. And we certainly got a lot of that uh, from that conversation we just had. If you want to find out more, uh, you can visit him at, on at the blog, uh, the website, which is coachingthecoaches.net. Uh, you can email him, johnny at coachingthecoaches.net. So that's J-O-N-N-Y, the Johnny Wilkinson spelling and uh, he's on Twitter at coachingcoach underscore. So we're going to end with some uh, quick fire questions. I'm going to guess how old he is because he's sitting behind his 20-year-old son's um, massive television, which is pretty much filling up the whole room. Anyway, so Johnny, how old? 40 years of age. And what coaching book is by your bedside? Currently rereading uh, The Culture Code. So, yeah, just actually preparing a blog post at the moment, which will probably be out in the next few days or something like that. Again, uh, it's almost like a chicken in the egg scenario, which is more important, individual motivation or collective culture. So, uh, Which coach, teacher uh, or teacher are loving at the moment? Uh, look, yeah, a lot of stuff I've been listening to, the likes of 
Aaron Walsh from the Crusaders, Owen Eastwood, even the likes of uh, Mark Manson. I know he's just brought out his movie and things like that, but listening to stuff like that, he's obviously not in the sports coaching space. But Okay. Uh, which team or sport or subject would you love to be coaching at the moment? I'm probably the last to it. So I've started watching. I am not a motorsport fan by any stretch of the imagination, but I've started watching only after Christmas Drive to Survive. And it is fascinating me, just the team dynamics within it. So I, as I say, never been involved, never been interested in motorsports, uh, which I'm sure a lot of people cringe about. But yeah, it actually surprised me and fascinated me, the, the team dynamics and, and the personalities and motivations of the individuals within it. Who's inspired most? very topical at the moment LeBron James has just passed the the all scoring record and things like that and again I just I admire someone who's been in the game so long and again no controversies no um, yeah just just again his mentality fascinates me and 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 looking at his kids and I mean how that sort of dribbles down as well probably LeBron James at the moment is a very topical for today just been looking up a lot of stuff for that so okay and what would tell your 20 year old self to do more of Interestingly, for, uh, like for this uh, conversation, just yeah, focus on connection. Really, let's not get caught in the rat race again. I know there's a lot of, particularly at 20 years of age or, or and slightly beyond, you are trying to establish yourself, are trying to, you know, I mean, build elements of competency again, which we touched on. Uh, but really, it's all about connection. And to sweetly tie it up, as always, it's been great to connect with Julie. So thanks very much. <laughs> thanks, no worries. Thanks, thanks for your time. Okay. Bye bye.